0: Mankind was made by God with a definite purpose. We were made by God to serve God and not to serve ourselves. And least of all, we were not made to serve Satan and sin. Because of our sin and without belonging to Christ, we served Satan and sin. That's the horrible truth. But God remedied that issue through Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about what needs to happen in a person that wants to have eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ is a free gift from God, but there is a definite path that the Bible delineates that needs to be followed to get there. In today's passage, we will see that it talks about the need for repentance and conversion, about yielding fruit, and about doing good works. If we want what only God can give, then we need to follow the example Jesus Christ gave us. Jesus is the way, and so we need to follow that way if we want to attain immortality and eternal reward. Today's message is inspired in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, hallowed and glorified be your name, O Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven, O Lord. Heavenly Father, please forgive our sins and help us, O Lord, to forgive others as well when they sin against us. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you are full of grace and mercy. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, Heavenly Father, that you seek to be close to us, Lord God. Help us to do likewise. Help us, O Lord, to be able to do those things that please you. Help us, O Lord, to be able to follow the steps of your Son, Jesus Christ, our example. Heavenly Father, to you be all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. This is the word of the Lord. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, Let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So what not this woman being a daughter of Abraham's whose Satan has bound? Think of it for 18 years. Be loosed from his bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. In the pages of the Bible, we find God's direction. The word of God tells us what we need to do. And within that, we read that Jesus not only came to save us, but also to be our example, to show us what we should be doing. We need to do as the Word tells us, and we need to learn how to do as Jesus did. God's Word is ultimately God's perfect counsel to us, to all mankind. If we pay attention to today's passage, we can see that there are three noticeable stages, if you will, within it that should take place in the life of a believer, of a true Christ follower. The Word of God here helps us understand that we are all sinners, that there is no one better than the next person, and that we all need to repent and convert from all of our sins. Usually people try to excuse themselves somehow and play the comparison game, that they know that they are not perfect, but they are not as bad as others. Many try to justify their sin by thinking that they are better than other people. And also, many people believe that if things are going well for them, It's because they're doing things right, that they are being blessed by God because they are good people. We are given clear indications through the first part of the passage that if we are not in dire situations like other people, that doesn't mean that we are better than other people. For instance, just because the people in Ukraine are going through what they're going through does not necessarily mean that they deserve less good than us. They are sinners, but we're also sinners. And it is very clear through the Lord's teaching that everyone needs to repent and convert. Repentance and conversion are a requirement for the Lord. And at two points, when we first come to Christ so that we can be saved and as part of our ongoing Christian walk, without repenting and converting from all of our sins, it is impossible for a person to be saved. The Bible is very clear in that. Faith alone or just acknowledging Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, does not make salvation possible. The Bible says this, for instance, in Acts chapter 3, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Mark 1 also says this, which talks about when Jesus started sharing the gospel of salvation with people. When Jesus said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel the whole ministry of John the Baptist that prepared the way for the Lord was about repentance or the baptism of repentance, where people would be confessing their sins and to be baptized showing that they were turning away from their evil ways. And the baptism with full immersion signified that they were turning away from everything, not just bits and pieces that they thought were wrong. Repentance and conversion must be complete. It must be 100%. The Bible also refers to this as dying to self, like the seed that needs to die in order for it to sprout and grow and become a great living thing. When we repent and convert from all of our sins, we need to effectively die to the sinful self we possess within us so that we can be brought back to life through and by Jesus Christ through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Repentance and conversion are also a part of the Christian walk part of the work that the Holy Spirit continues doing in our lives. When we are born again in Christ, when we repent and convert the first time to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, at that initial moment, we are turning away from all the evil in our lives. But that doesn't mean that we're made perfect right away. We begin the process of sanctification where we are effectively cleaned through the washing of the Word of God as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. As we follow Jesus Christ day by day, the Holy Spirit will start transforming us and pointing things out that need to continue changing. That is the way of sanctification. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. As children of God, for instance, we continue sinning because of our imperfection, but we cannot practice sin or live a sinful lifestyle. The Holy Spirit is going to prompt us in our lives to change, becoming different, being transformed by letting go sinful practices. The word is very clear in that those that practice sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so it is very clear that if we are walking in the Spirit, that we are no longer fulfilling the lust of the flesh, and that we should not practice or turn into a lifestyle those things that displease the Lord. We need to shed sin in our lives day by day as we are led by the Spirit. That's why Jesus said, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. We deny ourselves when we effectively start shedding sin in our lives, when we continually change from our evil ways. That's our cross. But we must make that cross smaller and smaller as time progresses so we can ultimately become that new creature we were called to become through Jesus Christ, so that we can run the race that is set before us, just as the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 12, that not only should we repent and convert at the beginning to start a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ by being born again in him, but also as part of the transformation process that the Holy Spirit takes us through as we follow the Lord day by day. The second general thing we read in the key passage was that we need to give fruit. And that is very clear in the scriptures throughout as well. We saw in the passage this parable about a certain man that had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and that he had come seeking fruit and found nothing. And we saw that it was an unacceptable problem to this landowner who personifies God not to find fruit in the fig tree. He said that he had waited three years and found nothing. And he told this to the keeper of his vineyard who represents Jesus in this case. And the keeper asked for one more year of patience to give it a little more time to give fruit after working on it some more. And so we can easily interpret here that God gives us salvation. He gives us the opportunity to be planted in his vineyard, to be a part of his kingdom, but with an absolute purpose, with a plan that we must bear fruit. Now, what is this fruit that we should render to the Lord? The Bible explains that we must yield a certain fruit of the Spirit and that can only be generated through the work of the Holy Spirit as we submit to Him and follow His guidance. That is why repentance and conversion is absolutely necessary because the fruit of the Spirit is not possible unless we change and are transformed. This is what the Bible tells us. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so, we can plainly see that the flesh needs to be crucified. And some of the sins that need to be dealt with in our lives through the Holy Spirit are the sins of disobedience and selfishness. If we look at the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't allow for disobedience and selfishness to exist. From a very practical point of view, if we are accepting the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then that means that we are giving up command over our lives. He is taking the leadership role effectively and literally. We need to do as He tells us to do. And together with that, we read that the fruit of the Spirit all deal with how we treat others, starting with God and then with our neighbor. God should always be first. Through the Spirit, we need to show God love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then, of course, we need to show people around us that love and joy and peace and long suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You can also see here that none of the fruit of the Spirit involves religious things per se. The fruit involves character traits generated through the work of the Holy Spirit that in turn produce action. The only way the fruit can be seen is through action not through words, not just through good intentions or good thoughts. It's really about a practice, about a lifestyle that ultimately glorifies God. This is something that we need to understand as followers of Jesus Christ. And this brings us to the last part of the key passage we read at the beginning. Mankind was made by God with a definite purpose. We were made by God to serve God and not to serve ourselves. And least of all, we were not made to serve Satan and sin. Because of our sin and without belonging to Christ, we served Satan and sin. That's the horrible truth. But God remedied that issue through Jesus Christ. That is why he came to die on the cross, to free us from that relationship with Satan and sin. This is a reality that people need to understand. You ultimately belong to whoever you choose to serve. If you choose to serve your sin and Satan's desires, which are only evil, which includes disobedience to God and selfishness, then you belong to him. But if you choose to serve the Lord, to obey him and letting go of selfishness, then you belong to the Lord. We belong to the master we choose to serve. That's why it is impossible to serve both. At some point, Because God and Satan are at complete odds with each other, there will come a time for a choice, for a decision. And if a person is unwilling to make that decision, God will make that choice for them in the end. If a person chose to serve evil and not the Lord, then the Lord will pass judgment on their life in the end and give them over to the consequences of their actions. And since Satan and his demons are going to eternal condemnation, then the person that chose to follow their ways will also reap those same consequences. Ultimately, a person will be with and share the consequences of that which they choose to follow and serve. That's an irrefutable law of the universe. And so the reason for our salvation through Jesus Christ is to restore that original purpose that we were made to serve God. And Jesus came to show us the perfect example of that. Jesus came to this earth to serve God and not himself. And when we serve God, we will ultimately be involved with serving others. Do you see why disobedience and selfishness have to be done away with in our lives? In the end, everything in the Lord is very practical and logical. And so that is what Jesus did when healing this poor woman that had this spirit of infirmity for 18 years. This woman's need was greater than observing religiously the Sabbath. One more day could not pass by to ease the suffering of this woman. That is why there is no room for religion in a relationship with the Lord, because love is the basis for our relationship with the Lord. Love for God and love for our neighbor. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us this, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. There it is. We should not live for ourselves anymore, if in fact we're laying hold of Christ's sacrifice, if we want to live eternally. You can't do one without the other. Either you choose for Christ and live for him, or you do something else. But by doing so, you are letting go of eternal life and immortality. That's the choice. There are no other options. So what was this thing Jesus did by healing this woman? A good work, yielded through the fruit of the spirit that was operating within his being. And according to the Bible, we were made for good works. The whole reason for salvation through Jesus Christ is so that we can do good works, to do those things that personify and glorify God in heaven. Ephesians chapter two says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We need to do as Jesus did. Why? Because that is the Father's will. We need to follow Jesus. John chapter 20 says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Matthew chapter 20 says, But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did, not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Are you starting to get the picture? This is the will of the Father. This is the way to salvation. This is the way to immortality. There is no other way. And the basis for all of this is this. In Mark chapter 12, it says, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is the foundation for all of the law, for everything that the prophets wrote, for ultimately everything that is in the word of God, which is God's perfect counsel to all mankind. This is why we need to repent and convert from all of our sins and continuing to do so through our walk with the Lord as the Spirit leads us to show God and the world the fruit of the Spirit through our actions, through our lifestyle, so that we can ultimately do good works, those works that glorify God and help our fellow man, so that we in turn can find immortality, eternal life, and eternal reward through Jesus Christ. That is God's perfect will and desire for us. One of the key points that a person always needs to keep in mind, especially if they want to live out God's will, is not only to read and study the Bible, but to see how it needs to apply in their lives. The Word of God is God's perfect counsel to mankind. We can't turn it into an intellectual pursuit or just knowledge sake. That is why it is absolutely necessary to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit which only happens when we are born again in Christ. The Holy Spirit will guide us through the Word of God and He will teach us how the Word should apply to our lives. That's what a genuine and personal relationship with the Lord does in our and that is the practical reason for why we need to obey and get rid of our selfishness because then we will be able to effectively follow and serve the Lord. It's quite simple. We just need to do as we're told and we allow ourselves the ability to obey when we get rid of the very thing that keeps us from obeying, selfishness. This is one of the main problems that plagues humanity today, and unfortunately many Christians. Most people are only thinking about themselves, about what they want to do, about what they want to achieve, and they don't worry very much about anything or anyone else. They're only looking out for themselves and how things around them might affect them. They are not taking God or other people into consideration. And how can a person ever be able to do God's will if they ignore God? and what he is telling them to do and this is a great sin that must be let go of in every person that truly wants to have eternal life the only life that god has to offer we cannot fool god people can try to fool others and even themselves but god is god and he cannot be fooled he cannot be deceived the bible is very clear about this where it says not everyone who says to me lord lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name and i will declare to them i never knew you depart from me you who practice lawlessness and the bible also says this do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so we need to repent and convert from all of our sins. We need to bear fruit. And we need to have good works that are produced through the guidance of the Lord and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Father's will needs to be done in our lives if we indeed want to enter His kingdom. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, Mighty God, Merciful God, Gracious Father, praise you and I worship you, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O God, for the guidance that we have through your word, through your Holy Spirit. I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, that has freed us from sin. Help us, O Lord, to be able to take that seriously. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to understand what we need to do in our lives. Heavenly Father, Lord God, you have done everything but we need to take that everything that you have done. We need to cling on to it. We need to practice it. We need to make it a part of our lives. Help us to understand that, Lord God, that we need to repent and convert from everything, from everything that we do wrong. And we need to turn away from it, Lord God, and that we need to seek you with all of our heart. Help us, O Lord, to be able to give that fruit, Lord God, that you are looking for. Those things that truly bring you honor and glory, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to have those traits of Jesus Christ in our lives. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to do those good works that you created us for. Heavenly Father, help us to be able to fulfill the purpose of our existence. Help us to understand that that is the only way that we will ever be complete. By allowing you to be the Lord of our lives and by doing as you tell us to do. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to know, to understand, to be able to love you above all things to know how to love our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Letter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.